Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm -hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was hatched when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You're listening to episode number 394, Hunting Hend Up Gobblers, with Andy Cantrell. And I am your co-host, and the guy who just got through sewing up his turkey vest before he gets ready to pack it into a duffel bag. Mm, That sounds nice. I'm your co-host who is headed south, Mon. Yeah. Going down to the islands. Going to the islands to get some ganja. Yeah. I don't know how much ganja will be had, but we're going to the islands. (laughs) Oh, welcome to the ganja podcast. Yeah. Yeah, now we're really stepping it up there. Eh? It's widely accepted these days. So That's right. That's right. Well, you're yeah. taking a turkey trip. I'm yeah. taking a Bahamas trip and then a turkey trip. But you leave Saturday. Mm-hmm. And how many days do you have to get? The goal is two states, correct? Two states. How a many goal, days is the plan? A goal of seven turkeys total. Because remember, mm-hmm. there's there's actually four of us going to one of the states and three Who's of us going to member? the other state. Demetrius is going with us. All to, right. Yeah. So Meat's going to go with yeah. us to the first state, and we'll be there for about, I think we're hunting there for about five days. And then we're going to tootle over to a neighboring state, and we'll be there for three or four days. And, you know, should be a, it'll be a good time. No doubt. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking no forward doubt. to that. And You'll hopefully, be back to turkey hunting. Yeah. I mean, that'd be better than sitting in the office. Yeah. So. Not, nothing gets you to appreciate, like, because I've done this several seasons in a row where you're hunting hard and then you take about a week or two off and then you go back to hunting. You appreciate that time when you go back. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like you get this little taste of like, man, I miss it. And then you get one more shot at it. Like, holy crap, I'm glad I did this. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's good. I'm fired up and ready to go. You're not gonna believe this. I've been practicing my turkey calling. <laughs> no way. What have you been? 
you've been hitting the uh, the trumpet or just all of the above? I have not. I've taken the trumpet out of my truck because of the heat. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want it getting getting cracked as hot as it's been past week and you know uh, no no need in tearing up a good trumpet and so it's in my vest it's gonna make the trip with me and i've been i've just been running diaphragm calls just because why not i love it i can always practice and you know hopefully get better i can stand to get better i know that but hopefully i can get a little bit better by practicing some more so there we are very nice and i'll be glad to not go to the gym for a week I think I dislocated, I don't even know if it's physically possible. I think it is, but I think I dislocated my collarbone this week at the gym. That's a large bone to dislocate. Yeah, I need to look that up on the Google and see if that's feasible. But I know that when I move my arm around my collarbone where it attaches to the front of my rib cage, right by your throat, it moves around. It's not supposed to move around, and it hurts. It's not supposed to hurt. I did legs on Tuesday, and Audrey yesterday was like, why are you walking like you're injured? I was like, because I am. <laughs> hmm. I, got, I got the doms, man. I can't hardly move. Yeah. Leg day, a bad leg day, man, that is brutal. Mm. A, a leg day at the beginning of any kind of, you know, early on workout. I mean, my hamstrings and stuff, trying to, you know, sit on the pot i mean that right there is about just torture (laughs) yep yep so yeah i could use a little time to i would say to recover but the way i hunt when i go out of state there will be no recovery i'll need a week to recover from my turkey hunt so yeah that's right well we got us we got us a going today one of our previous guests and all around awesome author and podcast guest andy cantrell back on the horn with us yes indeed we are, so I mentioned it at the very beginning of the interview with Andy, but Cameron and I are going to do some series episodes this summer. I'm going to call Many it series off season. Yeah. So we're going to have different guests on the show to talk about the exact same topic. And we're going to play those back to back to back. So Andy Cantrell is up first and... What do you say? We just jump in it and rock and roll. Let's do it, man. See you guys on the other side. Hey, do you want to give a countdown first? I'll let you do it. I'm I'm too depressed Still to do too mine depressed. yet. All right. Well, I I only start when we get in the two hundreds. That's all I'm saying. All right. We are three hundred mm-hmm. and three days, eight hours, thirty five minutes, and three seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. I think. All right, enough of that depression. Let's move on to the interview. See you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are excited to have a special guest with us today. And I got to tell you, we've just gone quality. Anytime you can get somebody by the name of Andy on the Turkey Hunter podcast, you know this is a quality, quality guest. And so we are just Really excited to have Andy Cantrell on with us again today. And for you guys that listen to the show regularly, you probably remember we had Andy on. Gosh, Cameron, what it was around first of the year. Andy, is that yeah, it was right about before right? turkey season? Back when we were all fired up, giddy. all excited just about all that was to come. Like Schoolgirls. Now we're all just gonna sit around, doom and gloom, and <laughs> sadly speak to each other. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, Andy is the author of two books, and Andy, you tell me if I'm stepping out of line here, but I believe you're working on book three? Yes, sir, that's correct. I, I sure am. Uh, I've been working on it. I finished up a chapter on it the other night and just having a blast with it. But uh, going back to what you both said about doom and gloom, about the turkey season being over, I was mowing my yard today and i got to thinking about a turkey i saw uh, my son's got some gobbler wings drying out and they were blowing in the wind and kind (laughs) of wasn't paying attention about run over i don't know half the flowers in the yard whatever was over (laughs) there but anyhow it's just you know we never want it to end we never want it to end it's just it's one of the great blessings that the good lord gave us is spring turkey hunting no doubt about it guys yes indeed and thanks for allowing me to come back on your program too 
everybody I've talked to about your program, they, they love it. They absolutely love it. And it's a good avenue, and I, I appreciate, just personally, I appreciate everything y'all are doing for the wild turkey. Well, I just enjoy doing the show and talking turkey with turkey hunting fools like you and the other guests <laughs> we have on the show, and, of course, Cameron, too. And so it's, even though it's a depressing time right now for us to be able to all get together and talk about what we love doing helps to kind of ease that pain and, and give a little closure, so to speak, to yes. the season that just ended. So, yeah, yeah. Man, yes, appreciate you coming on. Oh. So, hey, it, it's it's season now. Time to help make turkeys. Yes, take it, it from the flock. It's it's time to put something back. That's right. There you go. That is right. There you go. So. It's, it's a good time to be doing some habitat improvement. Also, to still be doing some trapping if it's legal. Psst, Alabama yeah. hunters, it's still legal. Yes, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee legal. private land, it's still legal. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> don't wear them out. Stop. Keep it up. Right now, it's critical. Oh yeah, yes. no doubt. When you got eggs and babies on the ground, it is time mm-hmm. to get rid of some predators. Prime time. I think our peak hatch date here is May the 20th, which is tomorrow, I believe. So you're correct. It's time to get rid of the the, the nest predators for sure. Get them out of there. No doubt. Two, one thing I want to remind everybody of is just what Andy said. You know, this is peak hatch time for a great deal of the country, and we need to be careful about bush hogging fields Mm -hmm. and driving in fields. I know it may sound crazy, but, you know, I, I know I don't want to run over not one pole. I don't even want to think about that. That would make me sick. I almost <laughs> backed into some accidentally uh, last year or the year before that were in a food plot, and I was just backing up into the food plot because there's nothing there. I was backing into it to turn around and leave the property. And I look over, and there's a hen standing there like six feet from my truck door. <laughs> no! And I look, and there's a like six hens or six poults run up underneath her and i went into freak out mode i mean my heart just dropped and i thought oh god i have run over i know i've run over a poult so i sat there and i let them all walk off and i got out well i pulled the truck up a few feet after they'd walked off out of sight yeah, I pulled the truck up, and I got out, and I went, and I looked underneath the tires and looked all around, and thank God I didn't see anything. I, <laughs> man, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I would have done. Talk about be depressed because season's over. How oh. about be depressed because season's over, and then you ran over some poles? Yeah, <sighs> that would that'd, that'd be a awesome. tough one to sleep on in the off season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no it's doubt. Not, so just <laughs> just kind of keep that in mind while you guys are out out and about exploring the property looking or listening to see how many turkeys you got left and that kind of thing just remember they're out there if you got to do some bush hogging if at all possible wait just wait a little longer i know some people make their money off hay and it it brings a much better price early when you cut it so that's you know one thing but if you're not doing it for monetary gain and you can wait wait to do your bush hogging yeah that's great advice no doubt you hear from a farmer every every so often. I mean, it seems like every year, you know, about getting too close to a nest of eggs or, or some poles or something. So oh, that's yeah. really good advice yeah. for sure. Yeah, I hear it all the time that you know, so-and-so was cutting their field in June and smashed four nests, you know, and it just makes my heart sink. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even worse than that, smashed a hen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because then True. you lose a, a breeder and a nest. Yeah, that is uh, that that would be the worst right there. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Was, we, we we said we were not going to talk about just depressing stuff. Let's, yeah. Let's just talk about something not depressing. Well, we, how was your season this year, Andy? Yeah. Well, well wait a minute. We're not going to talk about depressing stuff, Cameron. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was depressing. He sent me a bunch of pictures. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. Judge, judging by the pictures, the if he if he decides that's depressing, I'm gonna say he's a spoiled man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say this: it's a blessing to get up and go chase a turkey. I mean, every morning. That, that's you know, you don't Is have it? to pull the trigger to have a great hunt. Blah blah blah. But you know, it's my home state. Well, uh, worked on me pretty good, guys. Uh, it was it was pretty tough. We we got. We've got pockets of birds, but we're 
we're declining in some areas pretty heavily also. So what I did last year, I started doing this. Whenever, I, you know, the season comes in, I, I don't wait on my out-of-state trips until the – I just go during our season too because for the past areas where I have, I have produced in the past, those areas, uh, it's almost like you're hunting ghosts at times. And really, you don't want to go in there and hammer and kill one or two of what's there because, mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to breed them? I mean, what's coming back for next year? Probably the highlight of my year, though, in my second book, if you'll remember – we stocked the turkeys in Monroe County. There was five hens and two jakes in 1982. I was a little boy. I saw them uh, released. And my 19-year-old son killed a turkey about 300 yards from where we released those turkeys in, in the first first part of April, about the first week in April. I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm, yeah, I'm writing a chapter on that. It's called Full Circle. Uh, I'm yeah. looking, looking forward to that. And then the That's second awesome. hunt, that, it was good. It was good stuff. And then the second hunt, we, we got on some, the topic of today, we got on some hens up gobblers and, and stayed with them about a total of 10 hours and uh, finally got about 14 or 15 hens and a couple gobblers to come in. And my, my oldest, we, we doubled up on those. And that was a, that was a fun hunt. We, you know, got into a, it seems as though nowhere has the turkeys that it used to, but there's still, you know, pockets of huntable birds everywhere in certain areas, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But uh, nobody is just really, that, that where I hunt is just really, you know, got them like we did even 10 years ago, I would say. Is that a fair statement for you guys? Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. in my neck of the woods, for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I did see a lot of jakes this year in multiple states, so that was a very encouraging sign for me because I've been pretty scared by the trends I've been seeing. I still am, but I do think you know we may have had a pretty good hatch this past year, which hopefully we can string two or three together. That's it. That's it. You know, I, I think about what Mr. Gene Nunnery says in the old pro turkey hunter. He mm. said there'll be seasons that you think you killed the last turkey, and then all of a sudden they'll come back. And mm. I hope that's where we are right now. You know, I hope that's where we are in kind of a slight decline, and then they're making their way back up. And, you know, with a lot of Jake sightings, what you're saying there, that's that's a good sign. Really oh, yeah. Good sign. Yeah. I mean, the good Lord designed them to be able to procreate at massive levels, so... We just got to give them the right situation and mother nature's got to comply and then hopefully they'll be back. That's it. That's it. Those years like we've had in the last two or three, uh, you know, they haven't been terrible or anything, but they make you appreciate those, those excellent ones for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So did, I mean, my, from what I heard south of here was that the turkeys did not gobble much this year, which is they don't gobble as much as most people here anyway, but I heard it was even more quiet than than usual down there. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I, I heard a few turkeys gobble. The gobbling on the ground was virtually, I mean, you just. Yeah, that's what I heard. It was gone. It was gone. I, I got on uh, one turkey about 10 o'clock one morning, and uh, it was on public land. A couple guys come in there, you know, trying to hunt a turkey. You can't blame them on that. They didn't know I was in there uh, where we were situated. But uh, it's, you know, it just wasn't a lot of gobbling on the ground. And, and some roost gobbling, the, the best roost gobbling happened, uh, believe it or not, early in the season right there. I, I got on a few, you know, a couple right there that gobbled pretty good. But uh, when it opened up, you know, full steam ahead, when everybody that first weekend, it was <laughs> turkey scattered. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And so did the goblin. It got very sporadic. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Cameron and I have got a, a topic we want to cover with you, but I have another question for you. How did you okay. like, because you, you hunt public land in Mississippi primarily. And yes, sir. how did you like the fact that Mississippi went to a draw for non-residents on, on the WMAs? I, I really like that in, in that, you know, it's us in Florida opening on march 15th yeah so if you don't do something like that you're going to get flooded with hunters coming in mm-hmm. um yeah. and you're i mean you're going to get swamped now it does cut your opportunity because i there's a couple places <clears throat> that i normally kill a bird you know around the 18th 20th something like that if you don't get drawn as a resident then you're out you know until they you know it opens up on the 29th 
Well, normally by then I'm traveling pretty good. By the first of April, uh, I'm 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 going to different places there. But you know, it's it's what I like is doing what's best for the resource, and I like that. I have no no problems with that at all. Yeah. If you're protecting the wild turkey, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I personally wish Tennessee would do something with the. You know, we're not one of the earliest to come in, but. We have a lot of bordering states that come in later than us. And, man, we've been getting hammered with non-residents the past couple of years. Yes. And uh, it would—it just seems like to me, I mean, I'm all four states taking care of their residents first. You know, and sure. I got kind of the numbers on it. And, you know, the WMA that I used to hunt quite a bit, I hadn't been there in two years because how many folks are out there now. But 75% of the kill out there which was not an insignificant number of kills was by non-residents. That's uh, a, yeah. that's a big skew. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of, yeah, that's that a lot of birds. Yeah. So I, I, I like what y'all did. I, I wish we would look at something along those lines. Maybe just limit that number down a little bit. I'm, I'm, I travel too. I love people to travel to Turkey hunt, but man. Yeah. I know. understand There's something about hunting your home state too. And, and being able to have those, those hunts where you go out and, you, and, you, and you're not, elbow to elbow with people and you get that occasionally here with i mean you you can get off by yourself here on some public land but you just gotta you know put the boot leather in and and uh, you gotta be willing to walk and and gotta be but but i'll say this too now guys again on the technology side there it kind of takes away you don't have to be the woodsman that you did 20 years ago with what you have now yeah on these mobile devices Uh i mean you can you can look at that, and I mean, it, it takes away a little bit of your woodsmanship skills, in my opinion. And one thing, and I'll say this selfishly, I had a place that you know is kind of off the beaten path, a small piece of uh, public land, just very small. But man, it produced. It just produced. Uh, I killed I don't know ten or twelve gobblers there in in, in a decade or so. I, I try to kill one there every year or so. And now mm. it's hey, the secret's out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, yeah, the secret is out, and and there's you know two or three vehicles there. Just about any time you want to try to try, you know, hunt it. So you have to. That's going to be your plan B or C of the morning. Yeah, dang, that's always the worst <laughs> when your own little. You kind of almost feel ownership of that spot, you know, like you, yeah, you've been your little yeah, honey hole for so many years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, hey, that's that's just public ground, and and, and you know, mm-hmm. we as turkey hunters, if you're gonna be successful, you've got to adapt. You've just got to adapt and change. And there's certain things that you will always do that 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 have will always work. But then there's certain things we have to change and adapt to, to in order to be successful. And I see you guys doing that all the time with the, the pictures and what your your stories and everything on Instagram. It's it's good stuff. I enjoy reading about y'all's hunts. Good stuff. Cameron's the one with the good hunts. I'm just <laughs> I'm just the guy that rides around on a motorcycle. <laughs> My hunts are interesting. Usually, I, I somehow s- seem to always manage to make them more interesting than they should be. But I enjoy them. <laughs> we go. just talked on the last week's episode about me having to rebuild the dead gum gun while the turkey's drumming in front of me. That that wasn't oh, how I drew it up, but we'll take it. Yeah. Man, hey, you did well right there. I, if if he would have been in front of me strutting like that, I would probably still be looking for uh, one piece of that shotgun right now out in that swamp somewhere. I'd have probably thrown it or something, but trying to get. I mean, you kept your cool. That was that was very good. Oh, if, if he had started, good. if the drumming would have started to fade, the gun was going towards him. That that was going to happen. It was, yeah. I was going to go primitive weapon mode and try to boomerang him with the shotgun. <laughs> Yeah, understand. Yeah. Hey, desperate times, desperate measures. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, good. That's awesome. Well, we tricked you into coming on and talking about a particular topic with us today. Cameron and I, you know, in the past when I when I was doing the show by myself years ago, I I really kind of shied away from talking about the same topic because I didn't want to bore people. Well, now I've kind of gotten a the wild hair and thinking it might be pretty cool to cover the same exact topic with three or four turkey hunters and just cover it back to back to back over consecutive weeks since 
none of us hunt the same way. And That's so, true. you know, and, and the other part of that too is as you go around the country, you know, I've noticed what works here in Alabama on a hinned up gobbler, for example, might not work in another part of this, the country or vice versa. And so, you know, we, we get these hunters on the show from different parts of the country and, and they do things different ways. And I think it's just a heck of a good learning opportunity for all of us. And, you know, we may end up doing this Cameron and I may end up running through this entire series of not just hinned up gobblers, but all the other topics that we got lined up to do. And none of them may ever make the show because they may all be so good that we don't want the listeners to hear it. We want to keep it for ourselves. Very, very good point. I usually always edit out the best parts and just keep those in a separate library for me. Interesting. Well, you can put a, a subtitle on the one we're about to talk about and say, this is what Andy Cantrell does. Do not do this. And that's what then record that and keep that. <laughs> Don't try this. <laughs> do not try this at home or away. Do, do not try this. But it is such a great subject, the, the hand up gobblers, and that's something that we all run into from time to time. Um, it's you, 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 I mean, it's just going to happen. Uh, lots of times that's going to be your dominant gobblers, the, the, the older turkeys. Now, every once in a while, there'll be an outlier, that, that two-year-old, that, you know, just a mean rascal that, that's, that, that's whipping everything and that's taking over and, you know, got him 10 or 12, 15 hens or so. But most of the time, it, it's, a, it's an older bird. And number one, you're trying to, to get him to come to you which is, you know, reversing nature right off the bat because the hen goes to the gobbler. Mm. So he has no reason with 12 or 14 hens out there to come to you other than just greed. And, you know, sometimes it works. Most of the time for me, it does not work. But I'll be willing to share some things that I do and, and have done. And some have been successful and some have just, uh, you know, you, you may, y'all may stop me and say, what were you thinking? You know, what, what was that? Where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, if, if anybody ever tells me that they consistently always call in a gobbler that has hens already with him, I'm running the other way. That is one bad man. Amen. I'm not getting into a business deal with that gentleman for sure. That guy, that guy should be outlawed from turkey hunting forever because he right. is he's too good. It's right. Hey, but, that's exactly right. I'm with you. We gotta maybe we'll look at some some thoughts you've had of what has worked in the past. You know, because I I mean I'd say it's very a low odds situation, but every now and then you do something that works. So that that's true. All right, Andy, let me ask you this: for a scenario, are we going to be talking about? Are we talking about a public land hand up gobbler? Are we talking about private land hand up gobbler? Or are we talking about a private land hand up gobbler that's hunted like a public? You know, I mean, he's hunted today at that private land spot. So, what are we looking at there? And, and hey, I'm I'm open. If you want to cover all three okay. of them, okay. Uh, I've got to be at work at about I'd say eight we... thirty. No, eight o'clock in the morning is where I've I've got to be. But my appointment's just a block down the road from the house, so I can I, I probably leave at seven fifty eight and be there at eight o'clock. So you got eleven and or ten and a half hours. All right, we'll jump in here, and y'all, y'all just stop me I'd, wherever. Because I'd I, say I, we I, assume you know. the turkey has some type of hunting pressure on it, because I don't, okay. I don't know, know that there's that many unhunted ones <laughs> these days anyway. You got that right. We've got a saying here, if he's gobbling in Mississippi, his rear end getting hunted. You can bet on oh, that. Yeah. Uh, oh, no yeah. Somebody's hunting. In the south, you can say that, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start off with let's start off with public land, a public land hand up gobbler. Now, automatically, I, I'm going to be more aggressive on this turkey than I am a private land bird. I'm going to try to get in at the roost situation. I'm going to try to get in as tight as I can. I'm going to take a little bit longer to pick out my setup. I'm going to look around. If I if 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 there's a little foliage out there, it's great. But I'm going to look around and find the setup, and I want to find something that's got some cover to it, guys. Because mm-hmm. here's what's going to happen to me. This is what's happened more than, more times than not. All right, two things. Well, let me back up. Number one, if he's gobbling with hands, I try to get between him and his hands. So if that's not possible, then I'm going to go in. I'm going to try to make my setup. All right, I try to find a place that I can tuck in some cover. To me, the setup is about 50% of the hunt. It's that's everything. It's setting up on the turkey. The right spot is everything to me to, to killing that turkey. Mm-hmm. Now, when the hen when the hens crank up, 
on public land, I'm going to try to be the first hen on the ground if possible because I'm. he's going to get the places I hunt get pressured like crazy. You're not going to have a lot of time to fool with him, so you better try to make it happen as quickly as you can if you can. Now, picking out the spot to set up, got to have some cover, and you got to be able to shoot out 35, 40 yards there. But let me say this. It, it's, it's kind of going down another road right here. How tall are you, Cameron? If I wear my boots, I'm six foot. But outside of that, I'm 5'11". Okay. How tall are you, Andy? 5'9". Okay. You're both pushing six foot. I'm 6'2". I weigh about 235. You've heard all your life that God created every... I mean, all men are created equal. Well, that's not true in turkey hunt. This is a situation where a small man has a definite advantage. A short fellow has a definite advantage right here in the turkey woods. can hide so much better. When we're sitting out there mm-hmm. against the tree... When we're sitting out there against a tree, y'all, especially when you get that hen's attention and she comes in, she's going to be looking very hard, and she can stand out there at 50 or 60 yards and pick us apart, especially mm-hmm. early in the year. Now, if you're mm-hmm. a shorter fella, you can hide a lot better. I mean, you're, you you have an advantage right there for sure. That, my dad's always told me that growing up, and, I, you know, no doubt it, it, it's true for sure. But anyhow, when you do get the hen's attention right there with the hen-up gobbler, that boss hen, she's going to be first to come in most of the time. She's picking everything apart, and if you don't have a good setup, she's going to see you. She's going to get to within 10 or 12 yards, and the gobbler, more times than not, is going to be just out of range when she sees you. This is what's happened to me more times than not. Yeah. She'll put, she'll put, and it'll be a loud enough put in Mississippi that you can hear it in Tennessee and Alabama. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey, the gig's up. So this is what happens normally. The gobbler, you either he's either out of range or he's not in a place where you can kill him. He's behind some brush. Or if you do take a shot, you, you risk killing a turkey or two because there's so many turkeys out in front of you. Mm. Right. That's the three scenarios I see a lot. Of. Now, the other scenario is when it happens perfectly. She comes in, she gets on past you, he's dragging up the rear, and you kill him, and it's a beautiful hunt. But those that that's that doesn't happen an extreme amount of time. It happens some, but it yeah. doesn't happen you know every time you go out with a hind up gobbler. Sure, but so that's dealing with public land. I'm gonna be a little more aggressive to try to set up a little bit tighter on them. If I'm hunting a private land gobbler, a hind up gobbler, I will not be as aggressive, especially. If I'm hunting a thousand acres and there's only a handful of people that have a key to the gate, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to give him some time. I'm going to give him some time. I'm going to let him do his thing. I'm going to ba- stay back. I'm going to back off of him. If I can call up his hands and get him to come in, great. If it's just sitting there learning more about him that morning, that's mm-hmm. fine too. But mm-hmm. I don't try to waste a season on him. I'll come back and check him in another week to 10 days when he's more killable. Now, our turkeys in Mississippi, sometimes they'll stay with hens for the full six-week season. Yeah. You know, sometimes they never leave them. They never leave them. But that last, a lot of times, the older turkeys, that last week of the season, you, you can kill him then. Uh, he gets very vulnerable. He gets paranoid. His, his girls, when they pitch down, they're gone. And, and you can, that same turkey that was unkillable three or four weeks earlier, I mean, you just have to almost take a baseball bat to keep him off of you when you yelp at him. Right there, but uh, <laughs> that's almost you know. I, I I'd really love to have one of those kamikaze turkeys there at the end of the season this year, but it didn't happen. Yeah, but anyhow, yeah. so that's kind of a, a private land deal now. What y'all's thoughts on that so far? I think you're dead on. I mean, public land, you you you're not guaranteed he's going to be there tomorrow. So that's right. That's aggressive, right. and you know, a private land that you own or you know not many folks are hunting i think that's about the best advice you can give come back in okay. 10 days try them again you know i mean try them again and not not waste your season just going in there after him every yeah. morning because if yeah. you you know if you've got other turkeys to hunt you know that's that's the time to go hunt them and try to you know if now that's if you know and you never know for sure but that's if you know that you know there's only a handful of people in there hunting and there's not many now if you've got four or five people that's got the keys to that gate and they're killers, you better go try to kill the turkey, you know, then. Mm-hmm. It's just according to who you're hunting with yeah. and who is hunting those turkeys. Who yeah, is hunting those turkeys. Situation. Yes, and I think it, it, every situation is different, too. Uh, that's a good point, Cameron. I think every situation is different. But, uh, I, again, I think with with 
with hand up gobblers, that setup is just so crucial and getting tucked in there and, and hiding. And if you do get her, but most of the time, guys, whenever you call to those hens uh, and it's a hand up gobbler, I'm going to say 50% of the time, at least they get jealous and pitch the other way and gone. I mean, they just go the other way. A hundred percent of the, they don't, if you can get her attention, the boss hen to come in. Yeah, that's really good. But a lot of the times they'll pitch down and be, go the other way. And, yeah. and, and it's kind of a catch-22, especially with public land, because you know they've probably been dealt with there some. But, uh, you know, you've got them, you know, sometimes you have to put all, all all your chips in the center of the table and roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I'd say if you just kept a log of it, I bet the most common occurrence would be that they end up going the other way. Yes. Like, yes. I, I can honestly say that without a doubt. At least when I call to them, that's what they do. Now, maybe maybe that's the problem. Exactly. That's what happens when I call I, to them, even if they're not hinned up, and they go the other way. <laughs> Running. Hey, I, I have, guys, just, I have called to some like that and have them just scattered over a slough, just, man, just talking, just beautiful. And, and I don't know about y'all, but if they're not saying much, I don't say much. I try to mimic exactly what they're doing, and that's what I call checking their temperature a little bit. But I have jumped in there and, 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 you know, did my call and everything, shut down the whole flock, and I just put that call up in the vest, and it don't come back out. I mean, that's it. At night, yeah. when you shut it all down and they pitch down to go the other way, that, that does <laughs> that does a lot for your confidence that morning for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So no when doubt. you, with your calling, are you pinpointing the gobbler, a certain hen, or you're just trying to morph into the flock? kind of are you calling at a turkey or are you just trying to be part of the flock i am going to try to to get that the most vocal hen and speak to her that's the one i'm trying to find the most vocal i i ignore him totally because all he's going to do he's going to do one of two things in my opinion he's just going to go into a goblin rage where he's not paying you any attention anyhow he just hears those hens and or He's just listening, and he's just going to see what they do. And if I can get her attention, if I can make her mad or, or you know, pique her curiosity or something to get to come my way, that that's my goal right there with, with a hand-up gobbler. And it's tough to do in, early in the season on those cold mornings when they're just not talking much. You might have a little overcast. That's a tough hunt most of the time. The mm-hmm. only really good thing about it is you've got a gobbler out in front of it. You know, and he's still 100, 150 yards, but that's that's the good thing about it. But it can get tough. And when they hit the ground, here's the next problem. He shuts up and you don't hear anything else. The woods are so open. Uh, it's difficult to move. And, and, you know, chances are if you do try to get aggressive on your movements, and you have to on public at times, but you, you're going to get seen. There's There's a saying out there for every turkey you see, he's probably seen you three times. And that's probably about right. You know, they they can see so well, and there's so many sets of eyes when you have a hint-up gobbler. You've got 10 or 12 hens, and he's out there strutting maybe a jake or two. It's, it can be tough. That To me, that's where your, your preseason scouting might pay off right there, guys, if you kind of know where they want to go mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. cut them off and get in front of them. Uh, do a little soft calling, and then, you know, listen you know, your ears kills a bunch of turkeys. You kill that turkey a lot of times before he ever comes into shotgun range by what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And, and a lot of soft calling right there, listening for the turkeys, the hen scratching in the leaves, the, maybe occasional cluck, a uh, little light yelps. And then this, the, the next biggest thing is, is drumming. You'll hear him drumming out there, out in front of you, especially if the woods are still wide open. You can hear him a long ways drumming if you'll, you know, listen for it. Yeah. And, and another little thing, I've killed a lot of turkeys like this, and I know you guys have too. They're, they're out gobbling right there, and they just pitch down. Kind of be looking around your left and right shoulder a little bit too because there'll be subordinate gobblers that won't say a word all morning that'll come want to join the party, and they'll slide in there, and you can kill a turkey like that too. It may not, you may not kill the hand-up gobbler, but you may kill that two-year-old or that three-year-old that's been whipped over to the side. Hey, he he is my right shoulder is made for that turkey. He is welcome to ride on it. All <laughs> that's day. it. That's it. <laughs> Upside down. He, you got he that can right. ride right there, piggyback all day. He's welcome. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> 
that uh, end up gobbler can yeah. stay out there and breed and breed uh, and i'll be toting his buddy back home i'm fine with that yes yes and and you know i in a multiple gobbler situation i've shot that looker before because he's a better turkey i mean he'll have a better beard or or, or maybe a taller turkey he just that that strutter is just uh he may be just mean hmm. you know just may be mean I was talking about that with somebody today, and I don't want to get off the topic of the hinned up turkey, but I was talking about, I've had several times where I've either shot the looker or I've doubled with somebody, and they shot the strutter or, or, you know, whatever it may be, and the Mm -hmm. looker will have better beard and spurs, you know, trophy parts, but the dominant strutting turkey always weighs more. Heavier. Yeah. Always weighs more. Okay. And right. I think that's it. I think it makes sense. He's eating the best. He's the strongest. And I don't know about you, but if I hit you with an inch and a half spur at 16 pounds of weight behind it compared to an inch and a quarter spur that had 22 pounds of weight behind it, I'd probably rather get hit by the 16 pounder, to be honest. You got that right. I'm telling so that's something um, I noticed that a lot of times I think that body weight might be the the biggest dominance factor. That's a good point there. Yeah, that's a good good point. And that may be complete and terrible, absolute, just totally false. But that's just my observation. It makes I, a little I bit of sense, at least though. to my yeah. people. Bro. Yeah, I can see that a hundred percent for sure. I don't. Do you, I don't know. I, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just saying. I, I mean. I learn something about these things every time I go out. I mean, it's just unreal. You just keep, it's just, you keep learning about them and and something Mm -hmm. new and something, I mean, again, and that goes back to kind of adapting a little bit, you know, it's just, they're, they're constantly changing and they're, they're learning opportunities out there. And I, and I think you may be dead on about the weight there. That's a good point. Yeah. Something to look at if you double again, you know, one was strutting one, what, and weigh them, see who weighed more. But I know one of the, pictures you sent me had some more buff tipped looking feathers than a southeastern looking turkey would have <laughs> i'm guessing rios out somewhere maybe in texas that would be correct yes yeah that's that's uh those two let's see was it me and my son or just me right yeah there, yeah you and your well you sent me one the the first day is you walking out with one i guess your boy's okay. taking the picture of you uh, and then the next day you let him shoot one with you right right uh, yeah, that was that was a fun hunt. I'm gonna tell you now. He, he uh, I, I I had to get on to him a little bit, Cameron. Y'all like this, Andy? He, he shot the dominant gobbler right there, and I killed the looker. And I said, now you, you're supposed to let your daddy shoot shoot that big turkey first. Now he has had a little longer beer. I said, you know, so I had to scold him a little bit about that. It didn't work though, guys. He didn't. It, it just went in one ear and out the other. If yeah, you know what he'll I mean. shoot him again next time. <laughs> exactly hey he's a turkey hunter then i like it that's right that's right Andy, you need to do to him what my dad used to do to me when we would hunt together said let's hear it let's shoot on three okay all right (laughs) one two boom (laughs) we never get to three he's a you know Uh the deer that he was shooting is already dead and the one that i was going to shoot is gone run off the field And then and and then he would go look at you and say, "Uh oh, I, I thought we said we we're going." Yeah, trying to. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we didn't mm-hmm. establish is it one two boom or one two three boom because if you're shooting well, well, on three, are you shooting on three or are you shooting instead of three? Well, we we need to establish those game rules before we get into the stand or. <laughs> you know the well, get out of the truck together or whatever it is sure well i've got to know this did he, when he shot and his deer dropped did he slap you on the back and wink and say we got him son did he even <laughs> do any of that did he? <laughs> no my dad no my dad was like why didn't you shoot <laughs> <laughs> that's my deer where's yours oh, with, the, with those rios i know do you change it wasn't those two were hinned up all day you said weren't they yes we spent about 10 hours on those birds cameron it was it was now uh, that's something fun times Oof. could y'all see them most of the time it's open country so i assume you could keep visual on them pretty good well here's the deal we had a good setup right at the, in the morning when we got on them uh they were kind of we got between them and the hens but there was so many hens and the hens answered I, they were answering a wing bone pretty good uh a little 
well, not a wing bone, but a, a reed type collar, a Mississippi River cane collar. Mm-hmm. And before I could get the hens to commit and, and the or the gobblers, one of the two bunches to commit, uh, they all got together and just went to the neighbor's ranch. And they'd stay over there and occasionally gobble, but they had set up shops. It reminded me kind of like some Easterns do. You know how, how a flock of Easterns, especially early in the season, They'll if they're hand up if he's hand up badly they'll pitch down and they may stay in a two or three hundred acre I mean two or three hundred yard radius all day the whole day mm-hmm. and then fly up that you know fly up that night and uh, that's a tough turkey to try to hunt right there because you're gonna get seen most of the time if you try to get up on him but they stayed over on the neighbors for the longest right there uh, Cameron. And finally got one of the hens' attention late. Uh, I mean, we we stayed in contact most of the day, and they'd gobble occasionally, but, you know, they weren't leaving all those hens. And finally, we kind of knew where they were located the morning before and kind of intercepted and got in between again. A lot of turkeys are killed not necessarily by the calling. It's getting in front of where they want to go. You know, if you can get where he wants to go and, and you can call, uh, you know, just a decent caller, you, you're going to have a shot if you can be still. But uh, calling is, is, is a part of it, but the setup and, and knowing where to set up, it, I believe that's 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 a huge part of it, in my opinion. And that's kind of what happened there. We got the pulled out old box call and got one of the hens' attention, and finally we were set up pretty good and just uh, got lucky. You know, I mean, just got very lucky and very blessed. It was my son's first turkey out there this year, and, and we were leaving that afternoon. It was it, it wasn't like it normally was. Again, all areas there just seems to be not as many turkeys, not mm. nearly as many turkeys in certain places as what they used to be. Yeah, they're still dealing with a, a pretty severe drought in most of Texas, aren't they? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they mentioned kind of that north Texas, which is way north of us, north and that Oklahoma line, maybe. Uh, maybe a little disease right in there. You know, Oklahoma's yeah. been dealing with a little of that. Yeah, Oklahoma's in rough shape from what I hear. I mean, they're down to a yeah. one turkey limit, which is hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, that used to be like people come back from there and be like, man, just wait till you see what it's like in Oklahoma. You know? <laughs> yes. Well, I talked to a friend of mine. Now, this was, he hunted out there, I don't know, it's probably been eight years ago, nine years ago. And he said the person that he was with, he, he was the outfitter. He said, he said we used to drive around these fields. He said if they wasn't, you know, at least eight to ten strutters out there, we didn't stop. We just went to the next field. Wow. Now think about that. Think about that, guys. That's that's unreal, you know. And that's how it's it's declined. So, you know, there's some things going on nationwide. I, I don't know anybody that's really loaded with them right now. I mean, do you? Do y'all? Right offhand. I don't. Mm-hmm. A place that's I just mean, loaded? Yeah. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't say it. Well, exactly. You're a turkey hunter. Exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> Nowhere near me. That was a loaded question. Nowhere near me. You couldn't put a gun on you. Get, you get that information. That's here's, oh, the key, here's my social security number and my bank account. <laughs> right. You don't that's have to right. the turkey here, Here's all this. Here's, yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I saw, speaking of disease, I saw an article it's out in Montana. They they found a bunch of, I guess I say a bunch, I hadn't read the whole thing, but they found three wild turkeys that had avian flu. That mm. I don't know if y'all have heard, like, seen that, where we're getting this big avian flu thing and all the chicken factories and all this other stuff around the country right now. Well, apparently it's spreading to wild turkeys, so that's... That's great. Wow. You know, that's what we need yeah. right now. That's just another thing to go with the, the nest predators. The <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. what, what all the nest predators? Uh, I, I'll tell the you, the human guys, predator, the, the human predator, the pressure, the the these, the, and I'll just I'll say it. Uh, I don't mind saying it at all. That the, these deer baiting stations, the the corn baiting, that's that's been a bad deal for us, uh, and that's something yeah. that needs to we need to take a strong look at for sure. The, um, the aflatoxins and things like that? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I ran into a guy from the, I was in Nebraska probably 10 years ago. He was from Arkansas. I said, how was your Arkansas season? He said, I don't hunt there anymore. He said, it's been five years since I've hunted there. He said, when baiting deer was legalized, he said it, it, it killed our turkeys. And, you know, he said, if you ever 
have that happen in your home state, he said, it's going to affect your turkeys. He said, I'm telling you. And, and you can see that too. Uh, it, you know, it concentrates your predators. You, mm-hmm. you know, you see those pictures from guys that have nine or 10 canes around a corn feeder. And uh, it's just Keeps not good for wildlife. Well. Yes, no, yeah. no doubt. So, yeah, I'm like you, the the, the the avian flu. So that's just another thing to yeah work on. Add that to the list. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that corn baiting and aflatoxins and stuff. I've I've been glad to see that that's kind of been studied on and brought out the past year or so it seems like i've seen mississippi state i think did a study on it and i've just seen more attention drawn to that yeah yeah. but the problem to me with that is if all your neighbors are baiting the game animals are all on them and it pressures your people who normally wouldn't to do it just so they can have some deer or turkeys or whatever on their property right of course of course and so it just keeps going because it's like almost a necessity in order to have good hunts where you're seeing game animals to do it. And so I see, I kind of sympathize with people in states where it's legal, especially, you know, if you don't bait, then you're probably not going to see anything. Right. And it's definitely had a detrimental effect on our public land hunting. Cause if you're, you know, your private areas around those public lands, if, mm-hmm. if they're baiting, I mean, it's, it's sucking off the game a hundred percent. Yeah. That I makes mean, sense. No doubt for sure. Well, heck when Andy but, and I, when Andy and I were there, they were baiting the public lanes pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh... <laughs> I, I'm telling you, we, we stumbled into this spot. It was in a corner of some public ground. So, you know, on three sides of this little area was private ground. It was and, torn up. <laughs> I mean, there were leaves. Looked like you'd gone and raked your yard up into leaf piles in the fall. This area yeah. was the leaves were raked into piles all in this area. And Cameron, we walk in there and Cameron says, good gosh, look at all the sign. Well, (laughs) you know, I've hunted Alabama my whole life. I know why the (laughs) leaves are piled up like that. And I look, I look, uh, it didn't take me long. I looked down, I was like, see this right here? Is that Milo? And I said, (laughs) well, move that leaf right there because there's some wheat. (laughs) So I bet you there's no telling how long this person had been baiting in there, but there, gosh, had to be at least a hundred pounds of seed on the ground spread all over. I mean, it it was. And his little, he had him a little blind built out of sticks and stuff right there by it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hold on to his. Y'all didn't find a slate call on that blind, did you? I, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, guys. I, you know, you, you just hit the nail on the head. We. That's our number one problem right now. I'll just go on and say it. We, we've got way too much of that going on, and our game wardens are working hard. I've been in contact with two or three of them, and they're working hard to, to do some things about it. But, you know, that's where we as sportsmen have got to report that kind of stuff, especially if you have somebody, you know, shooting over their limit or something. You know, get in contact with the game warden and get that person some help. They, they shouldn't have to go through that alone and get them, a, you know, get them a ticket so they can – stop that stuff because that's just killing our turkeys doing that kind of thing if you kill three turkeys in the state of mississippi you ought to be tickled to death and you know when it you know bottom line this is my opinion this is andy talking (laughs) you you never you you just won't kill one more turkey after you kill the one that's sitting there flopping you just want to find another one the next day everybody does that but once you reach the limit i mean that's you know hey back up and let 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 other people enjoy it because you're you're stealing a resource from that 10 year old kid that's trying to kill his first turkey, you know, and, uh, it's just, and, and the wild turkey's got enough going against it right now. So, yeah. you know, putting out bait and all that, I just don't get it, but it's, it's, a, it's a problem. And, uh, it's, that's, you know, they're working hard to address it. Hopefully, uh, you know, that, that'll help get some help with that. But I don't know in y'all's area, do y'all see a lot of that or is it? Oh yeah. Um, Okay. I reported like the game warden literally is like I saw him one day and he's like, "Man, you sure are finding the bait piles this year?" Because I, <laughs> I mean, I, a couple of years ago, like I'll just be totally transparent. I I would have just left the area and wouldn't even fooled with it. But I'm turkeys are going downhill and I'm sick of it, man. I mean, I'm exactly. I, I want exactly. them to nail these people. I mean, I'm just yeah. honestly done with it. So. Oh yeah, I'll I drop found- a I'll drop a pin on a bait pile. 
and send that to a game warden in about 15 seconds. Yeah, that's what, I, I mean, I'm on a no tolerance deal. I don't, if, I think if my own mom was baiting out behind her house, I think I'd sick the game warden on her at this point. So I understand. It, I might help her out with the ticket a little bit, but you know, she'd definitely get, yeah, I'm with, I'm I'd with. go for a warning yeah. on that one possibly, you know, but yeah, but yeah, I got, well, I got multiple bait piles I found this year and, you know, we all know people are out there shooting over the limit, and you know that's just part of it. Andy, yeah. I know a guy that that limits out in his home state and takes his phone. He goes, still goes hunting with no gun. Takes his phone and calls in birds, videoing <laughs> them the whole time. And then when they get in the gun range, he goes bang real loud and screams, "Get out of here, sucker!" <laughs> And scares that turkey off to wise him up a little bit so he'll be a little tougher for the hunter. I've got an idea. I've got an idea right there. So he puts him him on the road, huh? Oh, yeah. I scared the feathers off three of them this year, to be completely honest. So (laughs) if you come up here and you run into one that you can't kill next year, you just know he's been educated by yours truly. The only thing that person's doing wrong is he's not stopping by the grocery store on the way home and buying a, a frozen turkey to put in the freezer. Because <laughs> yeah. gotcha. he killed one. He just didn't kill that one. So he yeah. ought to be rewarded yeah. with the meat. The, the last one, he I'm just telling you, he was so fooled. I, I just when I yelled bang at him and said get out of here sucker he turned around to run off you know he knew the jig was up but he like he looked back over his shoulder at me once kind of like is it really sure that's not a girl yeah, is this is this really not gonna happen like he was he was hook line and sinker he oh was that's so awful soft. yeah that's awful that, that's funny though but, I mean, uh, there, hey. there's nothing it, it's what you said we all want to kill the next one, but right there's nothing written in the law book that says you can't still go and take a video camera or just take your your brain out there and record another glorious morning in the turkey woods calling in another turkey and just watch him strut and gobble and drum and put on a show there's no reason to kill him no no if you've limited let him, out let him go let him that's go exactly. got plenty of meat in the freezer that's exactly right and you know it's a blessing to, to number one it's a blessing to kill your limit and then you know take take care of the game and keep you know keep going keep doing that or call one up for a kid but i like that i mean you just saved that turkey's life so he could go out especially right now where they're not just doing really well anywhere you saved his life and he goes on and, and makes more little turkeys for us and and yep. you had a great hunt i mean you had a wonderful yeah. hunt got to record it got a good memory and that's what it you know that's what turkey hunting is is, is the memories that you, you never forget oh, I'll... you know like you say andy the sunrise the the goblin the strut and the oh, yeah. fooling him. i mean that it all Oh, it's good stuff. Well, and when you, it's weird when you don't have a gun, your observation of the turkey is so enhanced. Yeah. Because, like, when you're on the gun, man, I mean, you're, you're down, like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not sitting there pie facing him looking at him. I'm on the freaking gun. Right. I'm, I got one eye closed and the bead covering him when he's coming, you know? And when you don't have that and you're just looking at him, it's almost weird because you're like, Wow, I'm just straight up looking at him like <laughs> Yeah. I'm just watching. Yeah. My if you really pay attention when your cheek is on the butt of that gun and you got one eye looking straight down the rib at the bead or at the sight or at the scope or red dot or whatever, your field of view is about forty percent of yeah, what it normally would be and then you have tunnel vision on top of that. Exactly. And you're concentrating so much on putting that bead where it needs to be and, and, and getting the turkey where it needs to be. And, yeah, you miss oh, a lot of the show. A, no, that's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. Good point. And you're just yeah. hoping you don't sell, sell one over his head. Now, I've heard of people doing that, Andy <laughs> and Cameron. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I did it this year. I put one right. Hey, hey, you know, you can shoot them too far and you can shoot at them too close, too. And I, I put one. Look, that sucker right now is still got his 
three toes hitting the side of his head wondering what what was that sound that went off right there <laughs> i just put one that <laughs> lobbed it right over his head i've read about that happening in books <laughs> i hear you i hear you oh that's good yeah well this has been fun you know we we have covered a lot of topics but i did want to hear about your season as well and you know getting that that your take on hinned up birds you know i i've enjoyed that and you know i i like the i heard a game warden i had him on the show actually game warden no it wasn't it was a biologist lived in pennsylvania I had him on the show. This was early years and years and years ago doing the podcast. And mm-hmm. I said, what do you do when you hear a turkey gobble and you know he's got hens with him? How are you going to hunt that bird? He said, I don't. How about that? I just keep him at the back of my mind where that bird is, and I'll come back and I'll check him in seven days. And if he's still mm-hmm. got hens with him, I'll come back and I'll check him in seven more days. <laughs> Eventually, mm-hmm. I'm going to get in there, and he's either going to be gone because somebody killed him, he's going to be in there and he's going to be alone and it's time for him to go and so you know i'm not at that point yet in my turkey hunting experience but i think that'd be pretty cool one day when i get there you know i i like to get on one and just just even if i'm behind them the whole time you know i'm i'm I, I just like being (laughs) out there near them you know yeah knowing you're on one yeah yes yes knowing you're with him that's exactly right just a I don't know, being amongst them, I guess you'd say. It's yeah. just unreal, yeah, for, yeah. for sure. But one day I, when I, I grow this, up, I might be like him. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's just, I, I'm like you, though, Andy. It's hard to leave a goblin turkey now. That's a precious thing. Yep. It's hard to leave him. I'm going I'm to try him a little bit, but then there comes a point where you, you're wasting too many days on one turkey. Just, you know, you have to go and come back and check him. But you, right, you got to know. You've got to know if you know that you tried him right there at the beginning. It just that gives you peace of mind in case he does come up missing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. MIA. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, good. Well, I've enjoyed this. It's been fun. Like I said, been good yeah, catching up always. with you and you guys oh, yeah, listening. If if you haven't gotten Andy's books, go on out there and get them. So, Andy, do you want to tell them how they can get paying your dues and playing the game? Sure. My email address is acantrell, that's C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L, at hotmail.com. And my phone number, you can text me, 662-315-3191, 662-315-3191. And for your listeners, I'm going to still honor the both books signed and shipped to your door for for fifty dollars, I'm gonna keep that up. Uh, I just appreciate this program and uh, what y'all doing for the wild turkey, and it's just a lot of fun. And, and you know, I've talked to a lot of people who listen to this podcast, and they love it. And I, I, I enjoy it myself. I've had a blast. Well, thank you. We appreciate your friendship. It's been fun following you through the season and texting with you off and on throughout the season as well. And, and I appreciate your friendship and getting to know you better over the course of the year. And we look forward to having you on again sometime in the not too distant future. Hey, can't wait. Sounds like a blast. Cameron, Andy, y'all, you guys take care and it's time to get on a brim bed. Yeah, man. Good <laughs> luck. Catch, catch some more of those fish that look like a, a good cooler full of them the other morning. Yes, indeed. Oh my goodness. My youngest, he, he, Hooked one, he said, Daddy, it's a shark. I said, that's what I'm talking about. I said, pull him on up there. That's awesome. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Good deal. Well, thank you, sir. Have a great evening, and we'll talk soon. Y'all take care. See you. Bye-bye. Yep. That's some good stuff in there, man. I like having two Andys on the phone. Y'all are are quality folks. Everybody needs more Andy in their life. And Tammy's probably going, God, I wish he'd leave and go on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. If my wife ever said that to me, she'd just hear the door close. I'd be gone. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I'm not saying she's saying it out loud. I'm just saying I'm yeah. sure she's thinking it. So, oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was good. And you know, I I picked up a couple of things in there. So I'm yeah, it's making stuff. some I notes mean, for myself. What'll be interesting about this little project we're doing is, I think, as we discussed, we're gonna let the guests give us all of their suggestions 
and you and I are going to kind of not involve, and then we'll have one episode where just you and I kind of share what we do, and it'll be really interesting to hear how everyone tackles certain issues with turkey hunting, because there's one thing about it. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, and everyone does things differently. I mean, there is no cookie-cutter model to killing turkeys. Yep, and what a guy in Mississippi does is going to be different than a guy in Pennsylvania or a guy in... Colorado, you know, so we're going to get some, some, or in the Yucatan Peninsula, you know, they very just true. shoot them out of the tree. So, very true. <laughs> so, we're going to have some guests that, you know, you, we're going to hear some of the same things. It's, it's going to be impossible to not hear some of the same tactics and strategies. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that we're going to walk away, all of us, we're going to walk away with some tips, strategies, tactics that have never tried and probably never heard from this and are just going to be chomping at the bit. It's going to make us want spring here even more. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. This is going to be fun. Should be, should be a good series. We may may sprinkle in a few live hunts between episodes, but it'll be a good series. And hey, if, uh, if you have a topic like hand up gobblers or, you know, something along those lines, a, a turkey hunting scenario or tactic or calling technique, anything of those nature that you would like for us to submit as one of our topics that we have multiple people tackle, let us know. And absolutely just may become three or four episodes of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Very good. How, man. About, how about we make that the favor of the week? I like that. All right. There you go. All hail the favor of the week. Let us know if you have a topic idea for one of these mini-series that we're going to do, and we'll tackle it. Good deal. Well, then let's wrap this thing up and get out of town. All right, man. Good luck on your trip. You too, buddy. Y'all travel safely, and and I expect to see some pictures of some dead island turkeys. (laughs) Iguanas fanned out. Uh Uh-huh. And then, of course, some live turkey. Or, well, how about wild turkey instead? There you go. Cool. Well, good luck on your trip. Thank you guys for listening. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending our time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.